0: Every month we investigate the ins and outs of relevant topics in the hydrogen sector. Join Hydrogen Europe in this journey to learn more about the green transition as well as hear it directly from its main protagonists, stakeholders and friends. Welcome to this uh, very first uh, podcast uh, which Hydrogen Europe uh, Plans to do as a series in the future. It's called uh, Hydrogen, the first element.
1: Wow! A series of That's events. That's nice. Very nice.
0: And um, of course, uh, we start this podcast with our president. Thank you. So, um, my name is Jonas Shatsimakakis. I'm the CEO of Hydrogen Europe, and here we have the president, John Andre Löcke, or John Locke, like or you were John. called during your student times.
1: That's right. Yeah. So.
0: What's your background, Jan? Tell, tell us a little bit about how you ended up in, in Nell, the company that...
1: Yeah, exactly. No, uh, well, thank you very much, Hugo, for, for having me. Huh? Uh, let's start with that and for taking the trip to Oslo, because we are now in Oslo, aren't we? So so thank you very much for taking the trip um, and for having me. Um, I have been in industry all my life. Um, I have uh, finance and finance and business background uh, or studied, but I've been in, bis- in industry all my life. Started in ABB, Swiss-Swedish large conglomerate uh, good training but moved over to renewables I was um, very quickly went over to renewables. I was for a long time in solar. I saw the r- rise and fall of the European solar industry but um, but also learned a lot related to the possibilities of driving down cost really making solar going from something not very competitive to extremely competitive. Solar today, the cheapest energy source you can construct today is solar, cheaper than coal, cheaper than anything. And that journey was quite educational. Um, and and then and that's probably why um, at some point I was asked to to um, join Nell because uh, Nell is a technology company, pure play technology company, developing technology to produce um, and fuel hydrogen. And as you know, um, hydrogen technologies will now go through the same journey as wind and solar. So with my background from solar, uh, someone uh, clever, hopefully, (laughs) thought that it would be a good idea (laughs) to have someone that has seen it before, and that can apply some of the same uh, principles and maybe also avoid some of the pitfalls that we have, that we have seen in solar going that's, into hydrogen.
0: That's something we will discuss later on because in, indeed solar uh, is a big idea and it's now very cheap, but the production of solar is, is not any more in Europe. And um, you are, so to say, the CEO of uh, a company that is producing in Europe, a clean technology, an environmental uh, technology, um, can you tell us a little bit about your company, about Nell? What's the what, What's the vis- vision, the mission? What are the underlying values of your company?
1: So our mission is um, basically unlocking the potential of renewables, unlocking the potential of renewables and enable global decarbonization. Um, and and that That's because we believe that hydrogen is the missing piece Mm. that we need to be able to decarbonize completely. Um, It will allow more renewables to be applied, more renewables to be entered into the grid. Uh, It will allow us to store and move large quantities of energy. And it will also allow us to um, decarbonize some of these really hard to abate sectors like steel, like cement, like methanol, like ammonia, and many other examples. Also many transports. Uh, applications. I mean, shipping, deep sea shipping, there is no chance. You can do it with anything else in hydrogen, either as a... So, so that's our vision, uh, unlocking the potential renewables and enable global decarbonisation. And I think that's very, very important and meaningful. And uh, now, as a company, we have uh, our history back from 1927. We have deployed equipment all over the world in 80 different countries. So we've been in this business for a long time. Uh, but it has been a niche application. It has producing uh, technology to to um, to split water uh, through electrolysis has been a niche application, relevant in only smaller markets. Uh, in 19 in in 2020, the total global market, or t- maybe 2019, the total global market was 100 megawatt. Mm. Yes. Um, the new production line that we uh, started last year can produce five times that and has the possibility to produce 20 times that so we're now seeing a huge shift um, and acceleration
0: is that your current project to ramp up the production line uh, where is it by the way where is it exactly and, and what will be the capacity of this production line
1: the first line is um, we completed the plant last uh, year. It's in the south of Norway. It's about two hours drive from Oslo, one and a half to two hours drive from Oslo, and it's located in an industrial area that you have a lot of industrial competence. Mm-hmm. So, so and and people that are used to running shifts. So the the plant is now running at three shifts, and we have production records every week. <laughs> and uh, the beauty is that the product is. It's fantastic. The quality has never been better than what we're seeing now um, uh, because the consistency is so much. When you do it with robots, everything is exactly the same. Huh? So the consistency is really, really great. So you don't have robots there. You still It's still handmade. No, no. Everything is robotized. It's robotized. Everything is robotized.
0: Everything is fully automated. Okay, That's important because we are entering uh, into the industrial scale of electrolyzer business. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the low... Uh, volume that we. we how see many worldwide. people do
1: you think we have at any given point in time in the line turning out 500 megawatt <laughs> on the shop floor? 500 megawatt production. How many people do you I think? Would we am- have? I would imagine something like 30 to 50 people. But Two people. Wow. Wow. Two people. Wow. Then you can do it in Norway. Okay. Even with high salaries, you can drive down costs, and that's the whole purpose. We need to scale up to drive down cost. The first line right. is in Norway. The first site can produce two gigawatt, but clearly we need sites in other places. We need a no- we need production capacity central in Europe. We don't know what's going to be Germany. Maybe it's going to be Spain. I would invite people to suggest something uh, <laughs> and give us some <laughs> and see whether where we should build the next factory. We need more capacity in the United States. We do have a small facility. In Connecticut, we need a large one uh, somewhere, maybe South Carolina, maybe North Carolina, I don't know. We need to figure that out. And then I think we need a large facility in Asia. The target for us, as a minimum, it would be to have 10 gigawatt of production capacity in 2025. 2025, 20, 10 gigawatt of capacity. And that may be too little. We, when we talk about the market yeah. later, that may be too yeah. little now.
0: Yeah, we will, we will talk about uh, these targets. Um, so before we come to Hydrogen Europe, because you're also president of Hydrogen Europe, uh, that's that's an association I know very well. But uh, yes. um, you need to tell us, why do you spend time uh, uh, of your... I mean, you, you, you have a job as a CEO that keeps you quite busy. Maybe not that much Netflix as, as other people. Um, so why do you engage hydrogen Europe then on top? What What's in it for you?
1: Well, there are two things. Obviously, there is something in it for for Norway. There is something in it for Nell. But I think it also is something in it personally, because I, I do have a passion for, for hydrogen. I'm making sure that we can accelerate it. And, and, and obviously, I, I do think that the team in Hydrogen Europe is, is you have now, I mean, you are, you are leading this on a daily basis, uh, and you have gathered a really good team. And it is very inspiring to come down and meet uh, the meet team that you have, and you're adding new competent people every day. And to be able to, I mean, maybe provide an industry perspective uh, sometimes. Uh, and and you've ha- you and I have had many good discussions and I, I think we will have more of those good discussions going forward but, you know, providing an industry perspective for an association sitting in Brussels maybe sometimes uh, a bit removed from industry I think can be helpful uh, providing um, uh, a Norwegian perspective is probably also okay and, um, and then I think... Um, I, th- I think we have achieved a lot, but I think still there is a lot of work to be done. Eh? So, so I think we need to keep pushing uh, very hard because, uh, because uh, you know, the battle is only won when we have actually decarbonized. When we see the traction and we see that we are on track. Mm. And so far there is, um, there is still a lot of ambitions, but we need more action.
0: So to sum up, so I think per-
1: you and I we will not we will both be busy. Eh? Both in hydrogen Europe, but also in other areas. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I can feel it every day on my skin, so to say. (laughs) To
0: sum up uh, this personal introduction, um, you live here in Norway. What do you drive, and why do you have this sticker of dinosaurs on your car?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I drive in a hydrogen car. I love it. Uh, It's a Hyundai Nexo. Uh, And um, I I drive it every day. And... uh, it is a fantastic car. I, I would encourage anyone that hasn't tried it to, to try to drive a hydrogen car. I love some of the elements with it that you, you first of all, it's a fast fueling. So you drive zero emission, fully electric, but it's extremely fast fueling. But the, what I like the most is the fact that when it says that I have 550 kilometers on the dashboard, that's what I have. It's not like, you know, uh, I mean... That's basically even what in I winter. have. Even in winter? Even in the winter I have it. And so that means uh, that I can go to the cabin. I don't need to be nervous because no. I know that I'll get to my cabin. I can spend a few days there. I can even go up and down in the valley a couple of times. Then I can drive back and I don't need to worry about it. Um, and I have also had battery electric cars, but it worries me too much and I have to stop uh, so too many times. And, well, and, um, the
0: range anxiety... Dinosaur. Yeah. What's the dinosaur?
1: Yeah, exactly. And the dinosaur is because um, we have been relying on hydrocarbons. And that word is quite interesting because it consists of hydrogen and carbon. And it's basically oil, natural gas, and coal. Huh? And I didn't reflect upon that. We have actually, we have actually uh, relied on hydrogen but captured in, in oil, gas and coal because that's the energy component of oil and, uh, and gas and coal is the hydrogen molecule that's what is basically carrying the energy the rest, the carbon and the, 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 um, the, other, the other things are, are just uh, something you don't really need huh? you, so, and
0: you need to get away with because uh, so
1: we've been relying on that uh, which is the fossil, which is the, the dinosaur the big companies are a bit sometimes not slow movers. They are a bit uh, <laughs> resembled maybe a dinosaur, yeah. and and then um, the slogan is, "Thanks for the right dinosaurs. We'll take it from here." <laughs> Which means that you know from now we will be able to deal with it and we can we can take it forward.
0: Yeah, I also share your your destiny <laughs> having a, a hydrogen car, and I co- only can approve that uh, this is uh, exactly the way. Um, let's come to something very mm, sad, shocking, but also important. That's, uh, I call it Putin's invasion to Ukraine, because uh, not all Russian people support that, but it is something that that shocks us very much is, does that have an impact on your work, on your perspectives? Uh, Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you see this uh, in, in also in the energy perspective? But if you wish, you can also talk about the human yeah, perspective.
1: Yeah. I mean, first of all, it is obviously a terrible the whole situation and truly tragic, and something that you know you didn't really believe that this would happen on our doorstep, basically. And Ukraine is not is not a country uh, underdeveloped. Something which is far, far away. It's just next door, huh? and the people are look. They look exactly the same. They have the same clothes as us. They do the same stuff. They drive the same. They live in the same way. So it is. It is. It's just shocking. And and. Um, and I must say, it's to me it's old-fashioned huh, to go to war. I mean, isn't that something we are finished with? You know, aren't we past that point? So, so, uh, so, so it is. It is. is really a disaster. It's it's terrible, um, and we would like to be without it. But it does also highlight some important elements, and that has to do with the need to transition away from uh, o- old energy sources and. Um, uh, being energy independent, energy independence is really on top of the agenda, um, uh, because a lot of these uh, these fights and previous wars has also is also about energy. And if you are, and in that way, hydrogen is also a very democratic technology because you can produce your own renewable, you can store it, you can make your own fuel, you can you can do you can fuel your own industry. You're independent. So, so it underlies that, and it has accelerated that, uh, so...
0: Yeah, you could, you could say, uh, I mean, the, the pandemic was also quite important, because yeah. you, you remember there was this 2 times 40 gigawatt paper um, that was uh, drafted before the pandemic, and then the pandemic broke out, and the policymakers were looking for something that helps uh, to keep in- industrialization high, at the same time decarbonization so they discovered okay. hydrogen which became center and in front but now with the war it becomes volume right
1: it's even accelerated further no. it's even on the, on the line further so
0: yeah that's true so that's exactly the name accelerator <coughs> that the eu commission so i visit you here in, in oslo coming from brussels Uh, And um, this exact week, uh, we had this presentation of the European Commission with regards to how to tackle the energy crisis. Mm. I mean, the paper was prepared already before the invasion uh, to Ukraine. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been ready so fast. But it it has a lot of new elements. um, And one of them is the hydrogen accelerator. Yes. Is this helping your business, this 20 million tons until 2030? What does that mean for you?
1: It does, it does um, underline uh, an, an accelerator. I mean, it's called the accelerator, right? and that's exactly what it does. Um, so just to put the numbers into perspective, um, it translates into something, I mean, 20 million tons of hydrogen. We did the calculation here just before we started here, just to double-check the numbers. Huh? But it's between 120 and 200 gigawatt of electrolyzer capacity. Between 120 and 200 gigawatt of electrolyzer capacity, um, depending on the utilization, because sometimes the utilization of an electrolyzer is slightly lower if it's tied to wind or solar. You don't get 100%, you get 60, 70%. Um, and to put that in pers- to perspective again, uh, as I mentioned earlier in this uh, conversation, um, the market in 2019, 2020 was 100 megawatt. So we have to install close to 200 gigawatt. Uh, from an historic market of 100 megawatt, So it's a huge challenge. I think the industry is ready to, to, to tackle that challenge. I mean, we have from now until 2030 to do that. So we do have some time. I mean, it's not like... If the target was 2025, I would say not possible. But the target is 2030. And it, I, I do think it is possible to do, to do that.
0: How many are you, you electrolyzer guys? I mean, you, we have Nell, and, and your company is possibly the biggest in the world still small but yes the biggest that's Mm -hmm. right still small but still the biggest Um, can you do that you electrolyzer guys who are the other ones Uh, maybe you can say a few words about your yeah can you call them competitors at the moment we need everybody to produce electrolyzer so it's not it's not competitors no it's it's possibly even partners Uh, and could you put this into a perspective later on also to to Chinese production because Mm -hmm. we hear that the electrolyzer production in China is possibly not that efficient, but much cheaper. How does this relate? So can you do it, you electrolyzer guys, the 20 million I tons? think we
1: can do it. I think we can do it. I, but I think it is important now. I mean, we heard a lot of words. We heard of 40 plus 40 gigawatt. We now hear this accelerated scenario uh, uh, pushing forward. But I think it also needs to now be translated in, from words into action. And I've, I've said that many times before. Um uh, also in the hydrogen neural context that we need to see action on the ground. We need to see we need to see projects getting funding. Mm-hmm. We need to see people we need to see concrete being poured, steel being welded uh, and and equipment being produced because still there is talks and ambitions, but we need to see the mechanisms what is going to trigger the funding the the, the funds needs to start to flow huh? the orders needs to start to be placed and then we can then we can address it and accelerate who, so who would place the
0: order so um, we will come back to your yeah. to to your competitors or
1: partners there yeah. but who places the order who is the who is your customer your typical customer so uh, our typical i mean we 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 are in electrolyzers and we are in fueling but we also are in both PEM and Alkaline. So we have a very broad customer base. Um, let me give you uh, some examples. Um, we do work with steel companies, quite a few steel companies actually now. Uh, maybe the most famous is uh, Hybrid, um, that already produced CO2-free steel. Swedish. Swedish, Swedish yes. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a JV between SSR LKAB and Vattenfall. They produced uh, green steel based on our technology or gas from hydrogen gas from our technology. I think they even made green steel um, pieces and brought to the COP26 yes. <laughs> and ran around with that and showed it off. And Volvo is a big customer of that. And they made the first vehicle from this CO2-free steel. So we have a number of steel companies that are exploring. Some some of them are, I mean, all of them are still on the, on the kind of the pilot scale. But it's important to, to be have a foot in the door and work with many of them. And here, for some reason, many of the steel guys are coming to us. Oh, that's cool. uh, so that's good. Ammonia. We do work with ammonia projects. Maybe the most famous one is, is the one we're doing in Portolano, Spain, together with Ibedrola. We produced the first molecules uh, 12 months after we signed the agreement in the 14th of January this year. We produced the first molecules out of that 20-megawatt factory. That's a PEM factory. We need to explain, PEM, that's uh, one of the technologies that one we use. One of the technologies, yes. Um, so we have ammonia, we have steel, um, we have even companies making protein that are going to feed the world with solar and wind, combining the CO2 molecule from a CO2 source with a, pro, uh, with a hydrogen molecule and making protein powder. Um, and there are, there are a few companies doing that, and one of them is our customers. We are working, obviously, with companies uh, operating bus fleets, uh, trucks. Um, Nicola is, a, is one of our customers. And Nicola um, is
0: uh, basically the American uh, name. Uh, yes. Iveco is behind it. Uh, Iveco, the, the Iveco is
1: working together with uh, Nicola, and they have uh, one factory in Ulm, Germany, and one in Arizona, producing both battery electric vehicles, but also uh, hydrogen electric vehicles.
0: Yeah, now also in, in, in Germany, uh, as you said, in Ulm yes. in Ullmann, Germany. Yeah. By the way, we met there. Uh?
1: We didn't yeah, know yeah, that yeah, we would we go there. there
0: together. <laughs> and then we met there uh, during the inauguration of this uh, first big hydrogen truck plant. Uh, it's a factory where you you, you see this all um, That's right. That's right. in in reality. Uh? So uh, they need hydrogen because they cannot build the trucks and then you don't have a hydrogen and you produce no. it. So. Exactly. That's, uh, so
1: that's a few examples, I mean, what else? Uh, we talked about uh, ammonia, uh, methanol companies, mining companies. We have a mining company uh, that, that are a customer of ours, that are running dumper trucks on this. Yeah. We are working uh, with partners on, uh, on making uh, hydrogen for uh, very large ferry operations in the north of Norway.
0: So that's all mobility. You talked about uh, methanol. Marsk, uh, the big uh, Danish uh, yes. logistical company, the biggest in the world, uh, now has taken a decision to buy mm-hmm. these ships uh, mm-hmm. fueled by methanol on the basis of uh, renewable hydrogen. So, exactly. on, your, on your product,
1: renewable hydrogen made into renewable methanol. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so, um, so that's one of the reasons why we uh, cooperate with a company called Holotopsa, because Holotopsa develops. I mean, we have the electrolyzer, but they have the uh, green ammonia technology and the green methanol technology. Okay. So together we can, we can deliver the whole supply chain basically. We can deliver everything from power to methanol or power to ammonia. That all sounds pretty Scandinavian here. So Swedish
0: steel and car <laughs> producing and Norwegian electrolyzer and Danish uh, partners. It, it, what does the rest of Europe do? I mean, is it, is it just Scandinavian or other companies also like you uh, all over the, the continent?
1: There are ambitions all over Europe. I mean, the Portolano is a, is a Spanish uh, project. We are selling equipment to Switzerland, a lot, of, a lot of equipment to Switzerland. We are engaged in projects in, in all over Europe. Uh, so, so Europe is, I would say, one of the regions in the world currently most aggressively pursuing anything that has to do with hydrogen. Mm. Um, they really embraced it and really understood that this is what we need. So, I Also thanks to Hydrogen Europe, uh, Jorgo, and the great work that you guys have done, opening many eyes, because this is, I would say, one of the good things with Hydrogen Europe is also the, the ability to communicate this in an easy way, because hydrogen is sometimes quite complex. It is. It is a bit of energy. It's a bit of industry. It's a gas, but it's also a, a, a carrier of energy. You in- can use it for mobility. You can use it for, for directly in the industrial application, and sometimes a bit complex. and And from that point of view, you really need to have the ability to explain it easily. And yeah. that that I think uh, you've done greatly.
0: Many thanks. Also thanks uh, to you uh, mm-hmm. because I mean uh, you also do your your bit uh, as the president, uh, of course. Um, So you need investment, right? So you need people who invest into uh, this uh, technology. Uh, I I personally have witnessed uh, how you address your uh, stakeholders. Uh, So you invited me to one of your conferences. and I have to say you were really, really taking care of sending clear messages, but also the right messages. So I I had the impression, wow, I, I never rehearsed that perfectly um, so you need to take care there But what, what was really impressive for me but what is the expectation of these guys there who invest your stakeholders who invest into you who buy your shares what is their expectation and in, in this context what is the catch-up effect because we need to talk about the catch-up effect uh, which which plays a role here that you mentioned that word I didn't know the catch-up effect uh, <laughs> before so maybe you can explain this uh, catch-up thing
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think in, in terms of the investors of of, of Nell, I think they uh, hopefully, um, uh, well, they support us, obviously, but they, they, we do have in Nell a very good starting point. Huh? We are the largest. We have two technology platforms. We have deployed equipment in 80 different countries. So we have equipment sitting almost everywhere. We have a whole range of different customers. Uh, so the starting point is great, but a good starting point doesn't mean that you automatically deserve to be the winner huh? or having, a, having, a, having, a, having that continuously. So we need to work hard every day to deserve our position and improve our position going forward. That means that we need to run faster than our competition, cut costs faster, scale up faster, build capacity, do it smarter than everyone else. Um, so that's what they expect uh, and, and rightfully so that's what we try to deliver.
0: Where would you expect your company to be in ten years from now I mean now we have twenty two two thousand and thirty we mentioned the the very ambitious targets that would be then thirty two mm-hmm. Where would you see now then is it a is it a global player or a european player or is it
1: a- I mean in many ways we are already a global player right? because we have production capacities in different continents and we have people and organizations in, in even more locations so, but I, I do expect that we would need to have you know, multi-gigawatt production capacity of both PEM and alkaline in parallel on the US continent on the European continent and in Asia mm-hmm. that's on the electrolyzer side uh, to be able to support mobility, I do uh, we continue to involve the technology platform on fueling. We need to be able to fuel faster and bigger and more uh, and do it in a robust way. So okay. you know, in the past, the ambition was to fuel three kilos in five minutes. Now we have to fuel at least a hundred kilo in, in in almost that time, a bit more, ten mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. And if we fuel a hundred kilo, mm-hmm. I mean the benchmarks are pretty easy. We need to be able to deliver hydrogen at one and a half dollar per kilo. Green renewable hydrogen, one and a half dollar per kilo. Then we are on par with fossil. It's it's the obvious choice. You would never choose something fossil if you can choose something green, which are, which is the same cost. So that's that's the benchmark there. Mm-hmm. And then we need to be able to deliver fueling, more range faster than the alternative. And that's a hundred kilo in ten minutes. Then. You know, there is no one uh, that is going to choose a diesel alternative if you can get the same range faster and is cleaner. Um, so, 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 so those benchmarks we communicate very clearly internally, and that's what we run after and, and spend every day on trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, and uh, even even battery can help in, in a certain way, but not in long distance with trucks because ten kilo uh, or hundred kilo in ten minutes battery can possibly not do the same range Uh, Jan we are coming to an end and I would like uh, in the end uh, of this podcast to come to very short answers and recommendations (laughs) very very short ones Uh, um, where you would say um, yes or no uh, something like yes or no (laughs) (laughs) something like yes or no but Uh, very very crisp so the first uh, answer is how to make hydrogen technologies more understandable
1: dumb it down and make it talk about it Um, I think uh, we need to continue to to give concrete examples of what we are doing people do understand uh, when we talk about CO2 free steel and that we are bridging the gap between renewables and CO2 free steel I think people comprehend that Mm, so exactly Um, uh, hydrogen in if you if you rewind uh, three or four years th- it was all about cars mm. but and people still t- t- ask me you know so where are the hydrogen cars but mm. but I always say this is not about cars this is about much bigger things yeah. this yeah. is about the industry so I think we need to give some examples some yeah. clear and understandable examples and show that piece of steel yeah. which is green yeah. that that I think would help.
0: Yeah, this uh, iron pellet, this reduced iron pellet. Yes. So how to, exp- uh, to explain the need for more hydrogen? Because you, you explained uh, it already, but how to do it? To explain why we need more hydrogen?
1: Well, I mean, the, the, the easiest way to explain it is, is, is to, um, to show uh, what remains after we do um, electrify everything that we can electrify with batteries and we electrify whatever we can electrify directly there is a big chunk left which is hard to bait without you cannot do direct electrification mm-hmm. you cannot use a battery what is left on the table there have to be done by hydrogen yep. and so so hopefully hopefully we can we can show some some images some some pictures some illustrations of that
0: and my last question is how to support nels customers with a clear perspective, because your customers need to have, yeah, need to know that uh, they w- will, they can build on your technology. So to buy it, how can we do that? To give them the assurance, so they order, and then you come to the catch-up effect. Because I want to hear something about the catch-up.
1: <laughs> no, I think I think basically my promise to uh, our customers is that we, as as an L customer, you should come there. And whether you choose this platform or that platform, you should know that within that category, we deliver the best. Mm-hmm. We deliver the most efficient, and we deliver the most cost-effective and OPEX-effective eff- technology. Yeah. That is what I would like to, to project. And then I, we obviously try to be a bit ahead of the curve, so we always expand a bit before mm-hmm. we need, so we have excess production capacity. And, and then we do something else, which I think is clever. Maybe I shouldn't even mention it here but we sell forward because we can then calculate what is my price going to be on the new scaled-up production level. So I can talk to a customer, what is your ambitions in two, three years? What do you need in two, three years? And then they can calculate their business case based on my future price, based on my future yeah. cost. Yeah. And then you have quite a good discussion uh, about what needs to happen. And it also helps us to set the ambition. When it comes to the catch up effect... <laughs> You know, we have been talking about. I think, I think as a hydrogen um, uh, technology supplier, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's like you know, you you do shake the ketchup bottle. Uh, you do you need to shake it a bit before it comes. But when it comes, it comes very quickly. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> so yeah. so 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 that's basically what we are now seeing. I think we've been shaking this uh, bottle. Uh, banging it uh, in the back for, for quite some time but now we can see the ketchup is coming and it's coming quickly okay. and we need to prepare Yeah, I remember these
0: old ketchup bottles of, yeah, glass, yeah, yeah, uh, of yeah. glass because <laughs> the new ones the plastic ones they, they show a different effect yeah thanks very much Jon I think this ketchup uh, image shows us that uh, well, we were shaking a lot but now <laughs> now the ketchup and the electrolyzer will come out I wish you um, well I I wish you really um, that your plans will just be fulfilled because that's what we need Uh, at the same time uh, I would wish that we continue also to work uh, at Hydro Europe of course with a charismatic president and um, that is something uh, we really uh, enjoy Uh, so
1: and I hope to see you at our uh, inauguration of the fully automated Uh, production plant in the 20th of April we will have uh, the formal inauguration we will have a minister cutting the ribbon and I hope you will be there and and hopefully many other colleagues from the hydrogen industry
0: it's the day before uh, my birthday so it will be my birthday present so thanks very much (laughs) thank you very much indeed we need these uh, messages and uh, politicians cutting ribbons and getting the ketchup out
1: exactly thank you you. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye.